All right, good morning, everybody. I am so glad to be able to be with you guys and to sit under God's word together. Um, <clears throat> today, we're going to be in the book of Mark. Um, last week, we heard from Ray, one of our church members, who gave an excellent teaching on Mark chapter 1, verses 29 through 39. Um, and in that passage, we saw Jesus, as we've been progressing through the book of Mark, um, we saw last week that Jesus was healing many people and he's continuing his preaching ministry. Um, and today, we're going to pick back up where we left off last week in the book of Mark. Um, and so today, we're going to be in Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45, if you have your Bibles. Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. But before we jump into the text... I want to start us off with a question. What I want to ask you guys is this. Has there ever been a moment in your life where you felt dirty? Where you felt unclean? And I don't mean in the physical sense, because I'm sure we've all been there. In fact, um, I was just thinking on Friday, I was playing in a volleyball tournament with some peeps back there. Um, and I managed to get sand everywhere, like sand in places where sand should not be. It was all over my legs, my arms, my face. If you've played with me, I, for whatever reason, always end up like face down in the sand at some point. So it's on my hair, it's on my neck. I sweat a lot, so it like sticks and cakes onto me. It's really gross. There's sand in my car. Uh, my roommate, Jared, can testify that like there's a permanent like sand depository in front of the washer and the dryer from where I've taken stuff off. Like sand is just everywhere. Um, but in the question that I asked to you, um, I want us to focus on the internal. I asked that question, have you ever felt unclean? Because I believe there is a sense in which all of us have felt unclean on the inside. We felt shame either from something we've done or something that someone else has done to us. This morning, we will be introduced to a man who knew all too well what it felt like to be unclean. And what I want us to do is to look at this very real situation, this very real story of a man who encountered Jesus in the midst of his unclean condition, and I want us to see ourselves in our own need for Jesus. Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once. And he said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. Let's pray. 
Father God, um, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. Um, God, I'm reminded in this moment just of my own sinfulness, my own lack of worth in and of myself, God. I'm even feeling weak right now because I've already preached, Lord. Um, and, and I just pray against relying upon my own capability, Lord. I pray that you would come to speak to us. You've given us your word. You've given us your spirit, Lord. And I pray that you would move in this moment, that you would come and speak to us. You would move me out of the way, and that you would come to us and show us your glory, God. We want to see you. We want to hear you. We want to know you, God. And I pray that you come in this moment, Lord. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 40, and a leper came to Jesus, imploring him and kneeling, said to him, if you will, you can make me clean. It's hard for us in our day and age uh, to fully understand what the life of a leper or someone with leprosy was like. Obviously, now we have modern medicine, and we have technology, and we can do things to help aid this disease, but if you're less familiar with what leprosy looked like in that day, leprosy was horrible. Leprosy was a disease that attacked a person's nervous system so viciously that lesions would form on their skin, and their face would become disfigured as their nose caved in and and skin um, folded over itself in different places. It was a gut-wrenching reality for someone who had leprosy. And what made it so horrifying is that the first thing that happened is that leprosy would shut down the pain mechanism of someone's body. So that person could be doing regular activities, something as simple as scratching themselves too harshly, or something as serious as getting bit by an animal and they could not tell that something was wrong. So over time, their skin and their limbs, they would get exposed to a lot of wear and tear and they could not detect, you know, the pain signals were not sending that something is not right with their body. And so over time, people's bodies would slowly and sometimes drastically deteriorate. They would fall apart. In some cases, limbs breaking, flesh falling off of people. Um, It was awful. But to make matters worse, lepers didn't only suffer physically. They were also social outcasts in their community because at the time, leprosy was thought to be incurable. And it was extremely contagious. So in order to keep others from being contaminated, lepers had to stay far, far away from everyone else. In fact, according to Old Testament law, lepers were even considered ceremonially unclean, spiritually unclean, which meant they they could not gather to worship at the temple. They could not come and bring sacrifices. Lepers were viewed in the community in the same way that dead bodies were, dirty, unclean. And if you touch one, you're now contaminated too, and you are unclean. If you will, lepers were literally treated as if they were walking corpses. We even see there were specific directions given for how to deal with lepers. In the book of Leviticus, chapter 13, verses 45 through 46, it says this, The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose, and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, Unclean! Unclean! 
He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. So I just want us to put ourselves in that position. Imagine what it was like to be a leper in this time. You are, by law, required to stay away from everyone who wasn't also a leper. If you even came within the city walls, you had to literally announce your presence, unclean, 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 so that people would stay away from you. You had to be far outside of the camp. You were the furthest away from temple worship. You were the furthest away from God. And it was even believed by many that you had this disease as some sort of direct punishment from God. So if you can just imagine the man in Mark chapter 1, the condition that he's in, his anguish, the pain he's felt over the years, his loneliness, his shame. I imagine this man felt toxic, that all he'd ever be was unclean. I mentioned earlier that I want us to look at this passage and to see how it relates to us today. And obviously, we don't live in a society dominated by leprosy, but I believe that many of us in this room have felt or maybe even still feel this sense of deep inward uncleanness that the leprous man felt. Maybe you're in here and you feel that way right now. You feel ashamed broken, dirty, whether it be because of something you've done or something that someone else has done to you. Maybe you're feeling the weight of that right here, right now, that even in this moment, that as you sit in your chair, you really don't belong in this sanctuary because you're just, you're too far gone, you're dirty. If people really knew what had happened, people really knew what you did or what you thought, they would cast you out. Regardless of how we feel about ourselves this morning, the point is this. The physical condition of the leper here in Mark chapter 1 is really a picture of what all of us are naturally like spiritually. You and I, all of us, we are spiritually unclean. Which leads us to our first truth this morning. If you're taking notes, truth number one. We are all desperate for cleansing. We are all desperate for cleansing. The Bible tells us that you and I are plagued with the disease of sin. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 3 verses 10 through 12 says, as it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. The book of Isaiah, chapter 64, verse 6, even, likes, even likens our spiritual condition to this. It says, we have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. 
spiritually so unclean, so dirty, that even the good things that we do are like filthy rags before a holy God. Sin plagues us. It makes us unclean. And like leprosy disfigures a person's outer appearance, sin disfigures our soul. It disfigures our hearts, our thoughts, our desires. Sin distorts our actions. It contorts our words. Like leprosy, sin leaves us broken and numb to the destruction that is actually taking place in our lives. In the same way that leprosy prevents someone from being aware that their arm is falling off, we are often unaware of sin's consequences until the damage is done. And as lepers reviewed in that day to be like walking corpses, Ephesians 2 says that we as sinners, apart from Christ, are dead in our trespasses and sins. We are spiritual lepers, unable to cleanse ourselves. King David even reiterated this, um, just recognizing his, his uncleanliness. Psalm 51 verse 3 says, For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Like the leper, we are unholy, we are unclean, and we are all desperate for cleansing. But the passage doesn't stop there. What does the leper do in his desperate condition? He goes to Jesus. Verse 40, And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to Jesus, If you will, you can make me clean. And I want us to take careful notice of what's happening here. This man's leprosy, as far as we know, was not a result of some sin that he committed. But we do know that according to the law, he was not supposed to approach anybody. What he's doing by coming up to Jesus is a scandalous thing. And I can imagine if there are witnesses, that just the recoil, the, the, the horror, the dread that people would have, would have felt seeing this man with scaly uh, skin and a distorted body drawing near someone who they knew was clean. Because it was well known for everyone that lepers were not supposed to go near anyone. But the man knows that Jesus isn't just anyone. He's heard about this teacher who speaks with authority. He knows that Jesus is unique. He knows that despite his uncleanness, there is a force in the universe that can make him clean. And that force is Jesus. So the man approaches Jesus boldly. But look at what he says. This is the, the, the best part right here. When he says, this is key. He says, if you will, you can make me clean. The leper does not question whether Jesus has the ability to make him clean. He knows Jesus has the power to cleanse him, but he also doesn't presume that he should. He says, if you are willing, Jesus, you can make me clean. Verse 41. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. The second truth that we see here in this passage is this. Truth number two, Jesus cleanses the unclean. 
Jesus cleanses the unclean. So the man comes to Jesus, he kneels before him, he implores Jesus to heal him, if he would. And we see in this moment that Jesus is deeply moved by the man's predicament. Uh, The ESV that I read from, he says he was moved with pity. Other translations say something along the lines of him having compassion on the man. But whatever it is, we can conclude from this instance that Jesus feels for this man. He doesn't back away in revulsion at the man's leprosy. He's not indifferent to the, the request that the man makes. No, Jesus is affected by this man. This man and his condition matters to Jesus. And what does Jesus do? He touches him. Against all precaution, against all safety, at the risk of being defiled by this leper, Jesus does the unthinkable, and he reaches out and he touches the leprous, unclean man. And that seems ins- insignificant as we read over it, but that even this small gesture is, is extremely significant. It's extremely important because we know, we've seen even in the book of Mark itself, that Jesus has the power to speak things into motion. In fact, these verses right here in our passage tell us that leprosy left the man's body upon Jesus saying, be clean. So we know that in this moment, Jesus did not have to touch him. He could have just spoke it and did it. So why does he touch him? Think about it. If we consider the dilemma of this man's condition and the way that he would have had to live all of his life, it was most likely decades since this man had last been touched by anyone. Decades since a single human touch or interaction and Jesus just breaks right through that barrier. He has such great compassion for this man that Jesus not only cleanses the leper, but he does so in the most thoughtful, meaningful way possible. And this should tell us something about who Jesus is. Because from the biggest things to the smallest realities, Jesus cares. And he's completely willing. Verse 42 and immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. This is just crazy. Lepers were supposed to be separate from the people because they were contaminated. They were seen as the dangerous ones. They were a danger to society. Yet, when it comes to Jesus, it turns out the leprosy was the one at risk. You see, because normally when something clean touches something unclean, the clean thing becomes contaminated. But we see here in this moment that for the first time in history, things happen going the opposite direction because the holiness and the purity of Jesus not only heals the leper, but makes that leper clean. Jesus speaks the reality of leprosy out of that man's body, and he speaks the reality of cleanness into his life. Jesus is not infected by the leprosy. But rather, the leprosy is infected by Jesus' purity, and it has to go. 
And church, this is what Jesus does with the uncleanness of those who come to him like the leper did. Jesus offers this same kind of miraculous, life-giving compassion to you and to me. Rather than withdrawing away in disgust at all of our sin and all of our shame and all of our mess-ups, no, 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 Jesus draws near and he reaches out to us. He moves toward us, not away from us. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30 says this. Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Maybe you're in here today and you've never truly known how far the grace of Jesus can extend. Maybe you've thought at some point or another that you're just too far gone. You messed up too much. I can see why God might love someone else, but I'm too much for him. Friend, there is a way for you to be truly cleansed within. You know that? What you've experienced in this broken world matters to Jesus. What your life has come to in all of its up and downs, it matters to Jesus. You matter to Jesus. Jesus looks at you and I, and he sees the darkness of our hearts because he sees it all. He doesn't recoil. He doesn't back away. It's in his nature that he moves in his heart toward us like he does the leper. Know this, that there is no sin in your life that can outrun the grace of Jesus. No dirt in you is more powerful than his ability to cleanse you through and through. Titus chapter 3, verses 3 through 7 says this, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Jesus knows our baggage. He sees our condition just like he saw the lepers. And he feels for us. He can help us and he wills to help us. As I prepped for this passage, I was deeply encouraged by these words um, from author Sam Albury. It says this, There is more that is right in Jesus than there is wrong in you. There is more goodness in Jesus than there is sin in you. There is more grace in Jesus than there is offense in you. The very worst of us cannot compete with the best that is in Jesus. Again, Jesus cleanses the unclean. He's willing. Verse 43. 
And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. The ending portion of our passage finishes in kind of an interesting way because uh, we have Jesus telling the man to go through the proper protocols, right? Abide by the law, go show yourself to the priest, show them that you've been cleansed, uh, let them examine you, make sure everything is good. Basically, get your clean bill of health so that you can officially enter back into the community, which makes sense. But what's interesting is that Jesus sternly charges the man, see that you say nothing to anyone. He doesn't want the man to go and tell people about what he's done. And that seems rather odd at first. I know I was confused as to why Jesus tells the man this. But it makes sense when you take into consideration what Jesus was on earth to accomplish. Jesus knows that every event in his ministry is leading him closer to the cross. That's the ultimate destination. That's the ultimate goal, to call people to repentance and to have them trust in him as the true son of God who will eventually be the ultimate sacrifice. But Jesus knows that every miraculous act he performs is grabbing the attention of those who are witnessing and listening. And that's going to stir the pot of the religious leaders who eventually are going to hate him. It's going to gather more and more crowds of people who just want to see more miracles and more healings. And Jesus doesn't want the situation to escalate before it's truly time. He knows that there's ministry still left to be done. He knows that there is a kingdom still left to be proclaimed. We, we heard last week from Mark chapter 1, verse 38, Ray preached on this. He said, Jesus says, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came. I came to preach the gospel. So Jesus tells the healed man, don't go and tell anyone about this. But as you can imagine, that's not what happens. <laughs> the man immediately disobeys Jesus after being healed, and he goes and he begins to talk freely about it. He goes and tells everyone. And part of us, you know, I mean, I, look, I was reading out this. I mean, part of, part of me doesn't want to blame him, right? I mean, he's free. If you can imagine the condition that he was in, he is now free. He's cleansed. He can be around people now. He can have a normal life that he's missed out on forever. So it seems pretty understandable that he would have trouble keeping that to himself. But I want us to look at the consequences of this man's disobedience and how it directly affects Jesus in this story. Verse 43, And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone. But go, show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. Verse 45, but he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but it was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. It's interesting. Jesus is not contaminated by the leprosy that he came into contact with. Jesus is not made unclean by touching and healing the unclean man. But 
Jesus now faces some very ironic consequences for cleansing the leper. For it's now Jesus that's been driven out to the desolate places, not the leper that's been cleansed. It's now Jesus that can no longer walk freely around town that now the leper can. Jesus is now the one who is burdened by his own act of compassion. It's almost as if Jesus has traded places with the leper. That brings us to our last truth. Truth number three. Jesus cleanses at a cost. Jesus cleanses at a cost. And when we hear those words, there has never been a clearer moment in all of Scripture of this taking place than at the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. The cross is the ultimate moment where love and mercy and grace and compassion overflow out of Jesus despite it costing him immensely. We see in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, it says, For our sake he made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I think... In the story of the leper that we read today, Mark includes this little note about Jesus being driven out of town and trading places with the leper after he's cleansed them because he's giving us a foretaste of what's going to come at the end of this gospel. He's actually pointing us towards the moment, the ultimate moment, where Jesus will truly and finally take the place of sinners at Calvary. The moment where he's ultimately going to forever cleanse us of our guilt and our shame and our sin through carrying our burdens on himself. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8 says this, For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Like Jesus trades places with the leper, he trades places with you and I at the cross. One of the songs we're about to sing as we close out should bring sweet reminders to our hearts as we consider the one who made it possible for us to be truly clean. The lyrics say this, Now my debt is paid, it is paid in full by the precious blood that my Jesus spilled. And now the curse of sin, it has no hold on me, whom the Son sets free, oh, is free indeed. Truth number one, we are all desperate for cleansing. Truth number two, Jesus cleanses the unclean. Truth number three, Jesus cleanses at a cost. As we wrap up things, I have two simple takeaways for us this morning as we look at this passage. The first one being, fall down before Jesus daily. Do what the leper did. Recognize our condition. Our condition is far worse than we often think. Sin is ugly. Sin is destructive. And we're messed up. And so like the leper, we should find ourselves at the feet of Jesus daily pleading with him for his grace and for his cleansing. And that should lead us 
to the second takeaway, which is this. Trust that Jesus can and will cleanse you. Our condition is bad, yes, but we are more loved by Jesus than we could ever imagine, and the cross shows us that. The cross shows us the lengths that he is willing to go to show us that he loves us. Will we believe him? I'll close this up this morning with just a simple reminder that we can gather from today's passage. Everyone in this room who's listening or if someone's watching online, hear these words. For all those who are weary and broken, all who are ridden with shame and guilt, all who need rest, and to all who are wondering if the stains of their brokenness will ever go away, Jesus says this, I am willing, be clean. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for being a God who loves us in ways that are unimaginable, Lord. We know that we're dirty. We know that we're not perfect. We know we've fallen short, Lord. But God, may we see you in this passage. May we see you as the Jesus who reached out and touched and cleansed the leper, Lord. We know that you can do that for us, Lord. So I pray for anyone in this room that does not know you or maybe is feeling the shame and the guilt, feeling like they can't come to you, Lord. Lord, open their hearts, Lord, to see you, that you are a God of compassion and love and mercy, God. For those of us who know you and are just struggling and toiling with our sin, Lord, let us see how good and compassionate that you are, that you don't run away from us. But in fact, it's in your very nature to come near to us, Lord. God, help us to love you. Help us to worship you, God. Help us to see you for all that you are, God. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.